we're trying to pack the most that we can in the smallest number of hours. And that's why we really try to simulate being on the job where we're pretty light on the amount of time that you're just going to sit on Zoom taking in information. And we focus more so on learning by doing, working with a team, working with your mentor, because we think that's the most effective and fastest way to learn. My name is Ish Bade, and I'm the founder and CEO of Virtually. And this is Reshaping Education, where we discuss boot camps, online education, and how the internet is changing how we learn. Hey, everybody. Ish here, joined by Lauren Cohen, co-founder and CEO of Skillful, and Laura Holden, ops and community manager, also at Skillful. Hey, guys. So great to have you guys today. Would you guys be able to introduce yourselves real quick? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us, Ish. We're huge fans of Virtually and, and you in general, so glad to be here. Like you mentioned, I'm Lauren, co-founder and CEO of Skillful. Uh, Skillful, for those who don't know it, is the place where ambitious professionals come to level up for business roles in tech. We've got a super unique learning model, which is a blend of mentor-led skills training and community. Happy to dive more into what that exactly means, because I think it's a different way of learning than a lot of folks are used to. But we can get more into that as we progress in the conversation. I can quickly walk through the brief founding story of Skillful, if that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, quick, quickly, though, Laura, would you be able to introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Laura. Before I actually reached out to Lauren, just like quick backstory so you guys know like how I joined the team. I had actually seen Skillful popping up on social media and then found a job opening up on AngelList and had this aha moment to Lauren's point in realizing 23-year-old me would have really benefited from something like this. And when I first pivoted into tech, my journey was actually quite lonely because no one in my immediate network was in tech. They all had traditional backgrounds and no one really understood what my job looked like. So I immediately saw, aha, like this is the problem that Skillful is solving and reached out to Lauren and have been on the team for the past year and a half leading operations and communities. Love it. And we have some really juicy topics to get to today. Before we get to that, Lauren, take us back in time. Walk us through the founding story of Skillful and the journey to where you guys are today. Yeah. So I guess common thread with what Laura mentioned, I also made a really big career pivot. I started off my career as a corporate attorney working in a big law firm and eventually pivoted from that into a seed stage company, leading operations, people doing a little bit of everything, a business generalist role. And as I made that transition, Noticed that there were a ton of other people from traditional industries who wanted to similarly pivot into tech, but it was a lonely and tough road. I think I spent about a year having different coffee chats, consuming a ton of content, getting the advice of, oh, go do an MBA on the one hand. And then on the other hand, oh, just watch some YouTube videos or take a quick course on Coursera. And neither of those two options seem to resonate with me. They are so far apart on the spectrum. From an MBA perspective, awesome thing for the right person at the right time and place in their life to do. But for me, it wasn't in the cards for a whole bunch of reasons. And I really wanted to just get on the job and learn and start accelerating my career in that way. And on, on the other end of the spectrum, yes, you can consume awesome content. I am a big believer that community and not content is king because there's so much great stuff out there for free online. But it feels really lonely. It doesn't help you build network in a way that feels like a community and not just transactional LinkedIn outreach and coffee chats. And that's what I was really craving. And so with Skillful, my co-founder, Chris, and I sought to bring those two things together 
skills training where you're learning directly from a mentor who is accessible, peer level, and building community in a way that feels really good and not transactional to actually accelerate people's careers, whether they want to pivot into tech from a more traditional industry or continue to level up already in tech. Yeah. And I'm excited to dive a little bit more to Skillful and specifically the nuts and bolts of how you guys think about the pedagogy and the community experience. But before we get to that, I want to talk about this kind of like macro environment that's going on with online education. I, Me and my former co-host, Will, we, we used to talk a lot about this kind of online education, a 1.0 versus online education 2.0. And online education 1.0 is all about getting the knowledge of the world onto the internet. And so this is the Courseras of the world, the Udemy's, these async course hosting platforms. And what was really great about that movement was education just became accessible to anybody in the world. But really the problem was there was outcomes, which is what online education 2.0 is all about, which is, hey, it's not about just having the education available. It's about delivering an outcome for individuals. And a huge part about that has been the community the live learning sessions, all the transformation that's really happened over the past few years that COVID accelerated. Around that time, there was this kind of cohort-based course hype. And we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but I'd be curious to hear your perspective. What do you think created this kind of hype for the cohort-based courses? And why has it cooled off in the recent months? Yeah, it's so clear why there was such hype around it. When we first started Skillful, which was in May, June of 2020, so peak pandemic. Our first cohort of students were people who'd either recently graduated from an MBA program or who were still enrolled. So these are people who had paid 150K or more to be in an MBA program. And all of a sudden they were learning online on Zoom. And so I think it just changed quickly people's perspective on the fact that there could be quality educational experiences online on the one hand, and two, that you could build real meaningful connections online. And so that was the big transformation that we saw specifically in our students who joined us at Skillful, who are so excited to learn directly online and um, also excited to be able to continue to build relationships with people who are all over the world. Like our students are predominantly based in North America, but we do have a growing student body in the UK and Asia and all over the world. In terms of cooling down, we're not seeing it within Skillful in particular. I definitely see it more of a a macro trend. And I think that ties into the general trend of where startups are at these days and the economy in general. But from a student demand and mentor demand perspective, we're not feeling any changes. People are just as excited and see the value of learning online. And if anything, it's been cemented over the past couple of years. We have adapted to bring in more in-person meetups as part of our community building outreach. But I think what's really cool about that, Laura's attending one on Thursday and I attended one last week, is that all of our meetups are actually created by people within the community. We give them the leeway to do that. And it's a really interesting experience where unlike traditional networking events where you meet someone for the first time in person, you meet them, maybe you add them on LinkedIn after or send them an email. For us, it feels like a constant group chat. So you're chatting online in our community, super engaging. You go meet each other in person and then you come back online and it's never skipped a beat. And I think that's what really builds continuity and engagement over time and actually is making the community stronger, if anything. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I should have reframed the question. I think it's cohort learning is not cooling off. I guess what we're seeing in a kind of a macro environment is actually creator-led cohort-based courses cooling off. So something that I've spoken about, and I'd be curious to hear your perspective about is creators don't always make for the 
best teachers. Uh, some of them do, but it can greatly vary. For the most part, like their zone of genius is creating content. And when core-based courses came out, people thought, oh, look, this is a great way for creators to monetize. But ultimately, not everybody's a great teacher. I think what's fundamentally different about Skillful and some of these other kind of upskilling businesses is the fact that at its core, this is what you guys do. You, it's, it's education first. And while a lot of people who are in this space may be creating content, it's, it's education first, content second with the means of the people who do this love teaching. And so help me understand, how do you guys select your mentors? And what is your philosophy when it comes to building that student-mentor relationship? Yeah, totally. And this is something that we've been all over since the get-go. From the beginning, we built our curriculum with mentors who actually work in the job. They are people who are four to 10 years into their career, so they're super accessible. They've been where our students are. And they're excited to give back, but also level up professionally themselves and get rounds being a leader for a team and leading students and having that mentorship experience. So from the beginning, I think what we've looked at differently is how can we build a service for mentors and students and looked at mentors as equal kind of customers, if you will, to students. So the way that we've done that with mentors is we've understood that a lot of our mentors want to jump in for the two to five hours a week they have to spend on extracurricular professional development, build relationships with students, teach them what they know in an informal social environment that doesn't feel stiff. They don't want to have to deal with any of the administrative stuff. They don't want to have to worry about payments or scheduling or anything like that. And we've come to realize that and we support them through every step of the way. Not to mention a lot of our mentors actually have no interest in creating content. So we create the content ourselves with certain mentors who want to build that muscle. But it also gives, I would say, the 80, 90% of our mentors who have no interest in creating content an ability to jump in, deliver value, have a meaningful side hustle without having to touch content whatsoever. And so as an online education company, it's our job to make all of those stakeholders work together and to build things that enable our mentors to be the best possible mentors to our mentees and deliver a consistent mentee experience. And it's our mentors' jobs to just slot in and do their zone of genius, which is mentoring as they would on the job to people who are on their team. Yeah. And, and what I love about this is the common saying in for people building these types of programs is it's you see people come for the content, the curriculum, but staying for the community. What, what I'm really curious about, Laura, maybe uh, to chime in here, is you, we've talked about community engagement a little bit, and that's really hard to do in, a, in an online setting. You guys have talked about how you guys are leveraging in-person events, but what are the other levers you're using to keep students engaged in a virtual environment? We throw in a couple of components that I think build a sense of accountability across our mentors and our mentees at the onset of a cohort. So, for example, what Lauren was alluding to earlier is we have these big cohorts, but we parse them out into smaller groups of five where they're reporting directly into one of these mentors for the duration of the six weeks. And then we throw in a really cool and live simulation of a project that they're then responsible for the duration of those six weeks. And we also have a bunch of live components and presentation elements that light little fires underneath people's butts, for lack of a better word or phrasing there, that add a small element of stress that we think will push people get across of the line for these sprints. Yeah. And one of the things I saw on your guys' website is you guys specifically point out the eight to one mentor ratio. Why is that so important? 
We want to give people as much access as possible to our mentors. And we find that's where the crux of their learning happens. So like Laura mentioned, they work on a team project. They meet with their mentor and their team on a weekly basis. They talk about the project itself, career things, questions that they have about workshops that they were part of. And that's mostly where their learning is cemented and where the relationships are actually formed. So it's really important to us that we maintain that low ratio. And we have so many mentors who want to join Skillful. And that's really what they come for is that access to mentors in a way that doesn't just feel like a random coffee chat. They're really building that relationship over the course of six weeks, where at the end of that, our mentor can sit back and say to them and to us, hey, Laura was an amazing mentee. She was super engaged. She's particularly strong in data analytics. And we talked about the careers that are best for her. And that kind of tailored advice and guidance from someone who is in the role that you want to be in is just like unparalleled in what our students come to us for. That That's awesome. It, it, it feels like a coach relationship where it's when you keep these ratios small, the mentors actually get to know the students, their kind of strengths, their weaknesses. That's really powerful. And it, it's actually really unheard of uh, for most educational programs that you hear uh, I was at an education conference just a couple months ago, and everybody's thinking about how can you have great outcomes and scale? And I think ultimately it comes down to you need to have these smaller pockets of community where it, while you might be operating as a business at scale, it, the student still needs to feel that support along the way. Yeah. And I think like the gold standard for education is personalized learning at scale. And I, I think one of the interesting things that we're tapping into is this really large demographic of people who are awesome mentors, especially if they come to Skillful and we can give them the right tools and support. That is just a really big demographic and they want to be involved and give back. And that allows us to be a business at scale while maintaining those, like you mentioned, small pockets of community where you feel like you're getting a coach and not just some like faraway TA who's pretty inaccessible. Yeah, exactly. One of the things I want to talk about right now is the difference between a program like Skillful and traditional boot camps. Boot camps is, is uh, definitely a model that began in 2011, 2012, and has been well established for the last decade. And, and we continue to see the rise of more and more boot camps. And boot camps are fundamentally about reskilling. So it's about taking people who are in a drastically different industry and then having them start from scratch and learning a new skill. And so software engineering is a common one, data science, maybe product management. And they're very disruptive in people's lives in that they tend to be uh, full-time. They require you to basically pause everything else you're doing and you're spending all day, every day enrolled in the program. Programs like Skillful, rather than reskilling, seem to be more kind of upskilling and integrate into the lives of busy professionals. How did you guys decide to take that approach and walk us through what what does that student experience look like on a week-to-week basis? Yeah, I'll speak a bit to why we decided to take that approach. And then Laura can jump in with the student experience because she knows that best. We decided to take that approach because similar to what I was alluding to earlier of current education offerings being an MBA, which is obviously all-encompassing, full-time, take two years out of your life, leave your job, and then also just self-serve content. We wanted something in between that could be accessible from a time and cost perspective to people. So we realized that, I mean, our core audience, especially at the beginning of Skillful and it's changed and expanded over time, were busy professionals who really wanted to pivot their careers, learn new skills, build network. 
without the risk of leaving their job. And so this was a great way for them to pilot a new role, pilot a new industry without leaving their job and maintain that sense of security. And so all of our programs are evenings and weekends, predominantly evenings now. We're trying to pack the most that we can in the smallest number of hours. And that's why we really try to simulate being on the job where we're pretty light on the amount of time that you're just going to sit on Zoom taking in information. And we focus more so on learning by doing, working with a team, working with your mentor, because we think that's the most effective and fastest way to learn. And and I want to double click on this point because this is by far one of the biggest weaknesses of boot camps. And they're really trying to fix this with more kind of flexible programs, but just a huge market uh, segment just couldn't attend boot camps with the fact that they had to drop everything. And when you actually look at it as like the people who need access to this education, we always talk about how K-12 and higher ed is broken. But actually, I would argue that adult education is broken because the people who need the education the most are single moms, they're vets, they're people who dropped out of, of high school or college. And these programs, these educational programs can be transformational for them, but they can't just drop everything. They have families, they have responsibilities. And in a lot of ways, most educational programs aren't really well built to, to integrate into their lifestyle. So I like this approach that you guys are taking, which is like, it's meant to be flexible and it, it's meant to be an add-on, kind of an extracurricular to, to your day-to-day. Yeah, for sure. We've had some of our most memorable mentees are people who recently had babies and they're doing this like one month postpartum, which is just unbelievable. They're superheroes. And I guess what we like to say too is we're a place where you should take ownership of your learning experience. So similar to being on the job, you get out what you put in. We're not going to spoon feed you and handhold you every step of the way. And we try to really reteach people our view of education, even in their kickoff session. So don't expect to learn passively one-way information. That's not how you're going to get that transformative impact out of Skillful. It's going to be by asking your mentor questions, leaning into your project, choosing to tackle the hard bits of it. That's how you're going to get the most out of your experience with Skillful. Yeah. And it also represents an entirely new era for education. We've always had this model where it's like you get this degree, this one four-year degree, and and that's all the education you need for the entirety of your life. But fundamentally, industries are evolving so quickly now. Like most of what you learned five years ago is completely outdated, especially if you're working in tech. And so if if you're not continually upskilling, you are behind. And so I think letting go of this notion that you only need to educate once and, and making it more of a continuous process, depending on where you are in your career, that just makes more sense. Totally. And one of the interesting phenomena that we're seeing as we focus on what we call strategic business roles in tech is more and more people going into product operations as a pivot from another business operations type role within a company. And often they're the first product ops person on the job or it's a new nascent team. And so they actually come to Skillful, do our product ops sprint to learn from our mentors and see how product ops is done at a company like Uber or Shopify. And their managers are actually sending them just for a different perspective and to learn different frameworks and best practices. And I think that's a really interesting use case too, where you can utilize that continuous education that does fit into your life as a means to pivot internally to upskill while actually you've just started a new job as part of your onboarding. So kudos to the managers who actually support that. But yeah. Yeah. And, and sorry to derail the conversation. I'm just, I'm getting really excited here. One of the reasons that, again, I think this is becoming more increasingly more impactful and why 
skillful programs like skillful are honestly going to do a much better job than universities is because you're talking about roles you're talking about product ops, product management, product strategy. A lot of these roles didn't even exist five, 10 years ago. So how can you possibly have a university educate students on how to do this when on average, it takes the university you know, two to three years to update their curriculum. And a lot of these career paths are being built in real time. And so needing kind of industry experts to teach this curriculum is absolutely critical because they're the ones who are actually seeing what happens in industry. And so rather than having researchers or practitioners teaching this curriculum, you have people who are actually in the role, which what you need. Yeah. It'd be too late if we waited on that. It would be too late. One other thing that I just want to jump on that is a point I know Laura feels really passionate about is I think one of the differences between reskilling and upskilling and why upskilling can still have a transformative impact despite being in a shorter period of time and and being part-time is because one of the main things that we see is it helps people build confidence and a self of self-understanding of what types of roles are right for them and how to transfer their skills from a prior life into this new job that they're going for. And they gain that confidence through working through a project, through getting their mentors buy-in into their career path. That's transformative for them. And so just giving them an opportunity to have a mentor see them in that light and build relationship in that way is transformative, despite it not being like a eight to 12 month full-time program. And, and I think that's okay because like when people are coming to these programs, I'm like, I take so many online courses. I like, I think for me, what's really interesting is I almost despised attending college classes because I just couldn't see how it applied. I just, I couldn't connect the dots, which is problematic because like you get people then who are not engaged with the curriculum and then also the outcomes aren't there because they, they didn't know how I would use this random discrete mathematics class to apply to software engineering. It just didn't, it didn't make sense. Whereas when I take these courses, I love them. I show up, I'm ready to participate for the fact that I know how this is going to help me. Like I, I enrolled in like a growth marketing class last year. And I knew that, look, uh, as an entrepreneur, this is something I need to learn because this is what we're struggling with. I, I know that like exactly how this education is going to apply to my career. And so with upskilling, it's this idea of it's almost, look, I'm not getting education, like basically in this kind of bulk package, which some of it might be applicable or not, I can pick and choose, look, I need this skill right now because it's relevant to my career. At this moment, it can dramatically impact my business in XYZ way. Whereas I think college education is just, hey, here's just take all this stuff. Maybe some of this will be useful someday. I think something we do really actually is framing that up for mentees when they initially join the community. We use this term a lot called learning journey, which I think doesn't mean a lot to people at the onset when they come in, but derives a lot of value after and during the experience. Like an, an, a little nugget of information that always makes me happy is when we see like a mentee go through like our core biz ops sprint. And then we host like a product operations sprint with one of our mentors and they join our product ops sprint instead after completing that sprint and are super stoked and have built the confidence to think that they actually have the transferable skills to dive in and tackle that. So like this perception that like education is ephemeral and needs to be like a four-year journey is just like absolute BS. And when you sign up, I think, and come into these new programs, to your point, Ish, you come in with this new mindset because you know that you're investing in yourself versus like investing in this social construct that we're supposed to go to university and complete our undergrads and then go do our master's. It's just like a, it's a fresh look and a fresh take. Yeah. It's, it's each of these courses I think of as, it's a toolkit and 
along your career journey, you're going to need different tools. For example, when you go from an IC to manager, guess what? Like the toolkits you had yesterday aren't going to apply today. So you need to upgrade. And, and, and the problem is that most organizations aren't equipped of having great educational programs in-house. So it's just better for them to outsource it to a program like Skillful. One, switching gears a little bit, I, I, Lauren, one thing you mentioned is that you guys have, over the past few years, you've, you have your core program, but you've rolled out these sprints and you've talked about how each course has its own journey of product market fit. Talk about that a bit more and how do you gauge whether a sprint has, I guess, product market fit or it doesn't? Yeah, it's a tough question. From a business building perspective, we started off with our core BizOps sprint. We've been scaling that up consistently over time. It's something we look to do with all of our sprints is bring in more awesome mentors and scale accordingly. We've definitely tested and launched different courses. And I think it's a twofold factor of why a sprint might not automatically or on first bat get product market fit or course market fit. One is just how you're positioning it and how you're communicating the value prop of it. So that's a, a marketing growth issue. And then the second, is it delivering on what you said it was going to deliver on? And that's something that you learn during and after as you're getting feedback from different mentees. And so how you're selling it and the expectations you're setting need to align exactly with what you're delivering. And that's something that at Skillful, we're really passionate about because I think one of the biggest disservices in online education is some of the courses and things out there which over promise and under deliver and that does a disservice to everyone in online education in general. And so we're always looking to learn and tweak. And so we typically actually launch things at first to the community, which is awesome to alumni. And so we've done that in the past. And that's how we initially started our non-core sprints is in small groups of three to five people within the community, we'd give it to them for free or a very nominal price, get their feedback on it, pivot and iterate from there, and then eventually launch publicly and continue to pivot and iterate from there based on what we learn from a marketing and growth perspective and then also feedback from mentees. Laura and I are super high touch with any of our first, second and third iterations of a sprint just constantly asking people for feedback and asking our mentors for feedback too. And they're another conduit of feedback for us because mentees will go to them directly too with ideas, things they wish they saw that they didn't. And we'll tweak workshops, cohort over cohort. We're constantly making changes. Yeah. That's it. Even, sorry, I just want to peel back a layer on that. Like one of the little seedlings that happen or even spur a sprint in happening it's just in, to your point-ish earlier, like this industry is changing like every month or every half year, however have you in terms of cadence. And we have mentors and mentees who are like engaging in conversations in Slack and, and bringing up these like new roles or new functions that are happening in tech and are asking about them. And we'll have mentors literally bring the content to us and say like product operations, like I want to start teaching the community about this. I've been getting so many pings on Slack. Let's just make it a sprint. And that's what spurs, like what Lauren just explained in terms of like how we iterate and experiment. Yeah. And then the one other wrinkle, sorry, and I, I know you want to ask a question that I think is really cool is that we're so closely tied to companies and actual jobs that they're going for because our mentors work in those companies. They're looking to our community to hire people for open roles on their team. And so there's this constant feedback loop between what mentees are learning, 
what mentors see as their outcomes? Would they refer them to open jobs at their companies? What's the feedback they're getting in interview processes? How are they performing in their first few months on the job? And how can we bring that all back to the content and curriculum? And I think that's like a very interesting and new loop that traditional education just does not have tight enough that allows us to constantly be iterating and improving our curriculum to make sure our grads are as job ready as possible when they are going for those open roles. I'm like mind blown right now. I literally have a Notion doc open right now with an essay I'm working on, which is all about what I'm I'm calling like agile, like learner experience. And it's just this idea of in product, like for the last 10 years, we have this idea of agile product development where you build something, you measure it and you iterate and you do that as you get, you have short feedback cycles and you do that as quickly as possible. But we don't have something like this for education, which is like mind boggling. And, and I think the problem is just like fundamentally, there's like long feedback cycles. And so there's an, there's an argument to be made that universities just can't pull it off because they're operating on these like four year cycles. But you know, that this is the difference about Skillful and programs like Skillful is that because you have these short sprints and then you're immediately trying to place your participants, the community members in, into jobs, you're getting feedback constantly all the time. And I think the really important thing about any educational program is to try to create short feedback cycles and be iterating quickly. Because when you talk about product market fit, it's all about the iteration journey. Like the first time you build a course, you have a hypothesis. Hey, we think there's this gap in the market. We think that most, there's a lot of students that are on one side of the gap. There's an outcome that they want. We think this course and this curriculum is going to bridge that gap. But it's a hypothesis. You don't actually know if it's going to pull that off. And so you have to run the course. You have to measure kind of the outcomes. And then you have to do it again. And you have to adjust it. So what I'm really curious about is that measurement step. Like, what are the systems you guys have in place to constantly measuring the success of, of your sprints and whether community members are getting the outcomes that they came for? I'm smiling as big as I am because we just have so many conversations daily with people who are in any of our sprints and we're extremely high touch and even just like understanding the intention that they have coming in and making sure that intention aligns throughout and after a sprint. And we also do that through our mentors too. So our mentors at the onset of a sprint also just put out a deck and feelers for what people are trying to get. And we use all of that information and tie it up at the end with a bunch of feedback surveys or check-ins that we do throughout a sprint as well over through Slack or Typeform or all kinds of other tools that we flex. And then we look at this at the end and we have what we call tier verbiage on Agile. We have sprint retros where we meet with mentors and we go through this feedback intensely all together and come up with changes that we want to make that make mentors and mentees feel ultimately better in the next iteration of that sprint. Yeah. And, and what I'm hearing right now is you're getting, you're hearing a lot of feedback coming in from mentors, mentees. Uh, a lot of this is coming in from surveys, this is coming from Slack, DMs, conversations. That's what I bucket into this like explicit feedback uh, where it's people giving qualitative feedback. Talk to me about maybe implicit feedback if, the, if you guys are able to pull quantitative data about uh, engagement, about outcomes and how you're leveraging that. We definitely track engagement through sprints uh, more granularly than even just completion. But what workshops are resonating with people based on attendance? Do they stay till the end? All that sort of thing. Are people meeting their weekly milestones that we set for them in terms of the project? So we're definitely collecting a lot of more quantitative feedback in that way in terms of engagement, because I think that's a great gauge for are they getting what they wanted out of this? Are they continuing to engage in week four like they did in week one? And then in terms of engagement, we track that through the community as well. So 
yes, we're looking at course market fit for any individual course, but we're also looking at community value in general, because that's a huge piece of why people join Skillful is that when the sprint ends, they are still part of the community. They're getting as much value out of the community as they do the sprint. And so we also look at things like job placement as well for people who are looking. Not everyone's looking in that percentage of our student body has changed over time as we've brought in more people who are looking to upskill for roles that they're already in or make an internal pivot. But that's another important metric that we take into account too. Yeah. And this is a topic I could talk about literally for hours. That being said, I know we are running out of time. So I'm going to leave you guys on this one last question, which is in the case that, you know, Skillful is massively successful, what does Skillful look like that's fundamentally different from what it is today in, in five years? That's a great question. We're trying to build a long-lasting education institution that is accessible and doing things completely different. So the way we will be different in five years from where we are now is we'll have an incredibly massive mentor network at every tech company around the world. We'll probably move into different verticals too outside of tech because I think there's a lot to be done in traditional industries, perhaps even more so than tech because it gets a lot of attention. And we'll be working very closely with mentors and companies to improve that kind of agile feedback process that you were talking about and be the ultimate place for people, therefore mentees, to upskill in a way that is job ready. If they want to get a new job, we can help them get a new job in the most seamless type of way. Or if they want to upskill, we can be the right place where they can learn exactly what they need to know from who they need to know. Lauren, Laura, it was a pleasure having you guys on. Do you have any last minute plugs in terms of how the Reshaping Education listeners can learn more about Skillful and keep up with the both of you on social media? Yeah, we would absolutely love the Reshaping Education listeners to keep up with us on social media. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, we're skillful.community, on Twitter. We're all over the place. We are always posting different anecdotes from our community, educational tidbits and conversations that people are talking about. So if you want to learn about business careers in tech, we're the place to go. That's awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. This was a blast. Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for having us. If you enjoyed that episode, would really appreciate a review or a subscribe on the podcast player of your choice. It really helps us get the word out. With that, this is Ish signing off.